Show Tuesday, November 22. Toby and Drake back with you today. A1 and McGriddle, high of 59 in the Sooner State today. Sooners headed to Lubbock this weekend to wrap up the regular season. Then they will sit back and await their bowl destination. Um, Texas Bowl was a popular projection yesterday. That's the one down in Houston. Liberty Bowl, saw a couple of those. I saw one that was the uh, game in Fort Worth. What's that one called, Traker? The um, Armed Forces, uh, is that right? I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. So we'll see. We'll see. I think if they beat, I think if they beat uh, Tech, they will be Texas Bowl bound. That's my guess. Texas or Liberty at that point. It could be hard for one of those bowls to pass on OU. You know, one of those bowls that never gets OU. Yeah. If they're in the pool to say, now nah, we'd rather have Kansas yeah. or we'd rather have uh, Texas Tech or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So if they're seven and five, I think they'll they'll probably get one of those, too. And the Liberty Bowl is a likely SEC opponent. So that could be uh, that could be fun. But time will tell. I'm headed to Orlando today with the men's basketball team. Uh, they will play Thanksgiving Day against Nebraska in the opening round of the ESPN Events Invitational. Sooners play 4 o'clock Central Time on Thanksgiving afternoon. Game two, win or lose, will be against either Memphis or Seton Hall on Friday. And then no games there in Orlando Saturday. Sunday, they'll get back together for championships and consolations. Other side of the bracket there has Florida State, Ole Miss, Stanford, and Siena. So, uh, very excited, Drake. You've been with us for these men's basketball games so far. Three and one start to the season. Three of the four games they've played have been tight, right to the wire. Uh, Exciting win. Last time out against South Alabama, maybe not all that comforting that it was that close, but an exciting win. But I am excited, I I am eager, I should say, to see what they look like against some Power 5 competition the next few days. I think this will give us a better feel for 
is this an NCAA tournament team or not this year? It's just going to progressively get more difficult here over the next few weeks. You've got some okay opponents. Nobody that is a, uh, you know, super highly ranked team, but Nebraska's 3-1, and one. Memphis is 3-1, and one. Seton Hall I think is 3-1 and one or uh, maybe 4-1 and one so far this year. Uh, and on the other side of the bracket, you've got some nice teams down there. Bigger names, certainly, than you've played so far. And then you go to the next weekend, you go to Villanova. Um, and then the next weekend, you got that Arkansas game in Tulsa. Arkansas looks like a Final Four team this year. So we are about to start to find out a whole lot about how good Porter Moser's team is or isn't this year, early in the season. And I'm very eager. I, I I like I like some of the pieces. I like the pieces, not some of the pieces. I like the pieces. It has been inconsistent through the first four games. They've have had some stretches where they looked sensational. Um especially that UNC Wilmington game. The entire UNC Wilmington game. They looked fantastic. They have had stretches where they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Tanner Groves goes 0 for 10 from 3 the other night. They got beat by Sam Houston State. So inconsistent early, I think, is a good word for them. Drake, what's a what's a good – if they go win 2 of 3 this weekend, you happy with that? Yeah, I, I think that that's a pretty solid uh, appearance. I mean, the, the thing that you want to see, like you said, is the mid-majors that you've played so far, they're good. Uh, I mean, a couple of them look like they could end up being tournament teams in South Alabama and uh, Sam Houston for sure. Um, you would really love to see this weekend OU go 3-0 and and no, be able to sweep the weekend, and that makes you feel great going into yep. uh, it's possible. the final stretch of non-conference. But um, it's possible. It's something to where it's uh, very feasible. It's just that these these non-conference tournaments, whenever you're playing essentially back-to-back games, um, obviously you get a break on Saturday. But, I mean, it is uh, – it's a difficult task early in the year, especially whenever yeah. you have so much roster turnover and everything. But um, I think that if you go two and one over the weekend, you feel pretty good about this OU team. If you go three and zero, oh, you feel fantastic, and then you can kind of look at that South Alabama game, that Sam Houston State game. Sam Houston, sorry, they don't want the state uh, yep. said anymore, but. Uh, you can look back at those games and say, you know what, those teams might actually be pretty good. They might end up uh, being tournament teams. So um, you go ahead and write the ship. You go ahead and uh, have a little bit more roster continuity. You have some guys that really start to gel a little bit more and just get more minutes on the court together. Uh, I think that's something you can feel great as if you're an OU basketball fan. 3-0, and great. Awesome. Really uh, could serve as an early season catapult, especially into these next couple of weeks where it's going to get much tougher. Two and one, okay, right? Okay, acceptable. Probably got a couple of nice wins on the resume if you go two and one. Less than that, worried. 
when zero or one game down there in Orlando probably probably yeah. start to worry a, a little, little bit, bit of a concern. Then you start yeah. to reevaluate. Okay, uh, were those teams that we've seen so far that OU struggle against are they maybe not as good as what OU made them appear to be? Um, yeah, absolutely. You're not feeling great. I wonder who is considered the favorite in this event. And I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if Vegas even has uh, that, that kind of an odd out or not. Maybe Memphis. Uh, they lost Jalen Duran after last year, but Kendrick Davis, really nice player for them. DeAndre Williams, really good player for them. Uh, Florida State's been a dud early in the year. Uh, Stanford has just been okay. Um, I don't think Ole Miss is necessarily special this year. But Seton Hall is pretty good. That Memphis-Seton Hall game might be the best game of the first round. I would say I would say either Oklahoma or Memphis is probably the favorite for this. You got a problem with that? No, I think name-recognition-wise, if you were just best. to list off names and me not knowing the rosters, I mean, that which I really don't know the rosters of the opposing teams at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that would probably just be enough for me. Like, okay, yeah, Oklahoma, Memphis, that sounds like the two teams that should probably be the favorites going into a tournament like that. The um, the good thing for OU, as you mentioned, the three games in four days, I think this year they're better equipped for that. I think this is a deeper basketball team than they were last year. Especially at point guard. Especially at point guard. And you don't have – remember Goldwire had the very difficult cramping situation he struggled with all year. Uh, The last – seemed like the last four minutes of every game, especially when you had quick turnarounds, were really tough for him. It was just so tightly wound. And uh, so I think they're better equipped for a compact schedule like this this year than they were last year. We'll see. Eager, eager to see them. They start Thanksgiving Day, four o'clock, Central Time, against Fred Hoiberg and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Um, and then from there, it's off to Lubbock. Going to be a busy, fun week. Uh, there were several uh, games yesterday with kind of eye-raising results around college basketball, including Texas Tech taking one on the chin from Creighton out in Maui. Red Raiders and all of their assistant coaching staff showed up in Hawaii and got thumped pretty good. Double-digit loss to a very good Creighton team. And Arkansas, I know we got some Arkansas fans, especially over in the 918. Arkansas continues to roll. They smashed Louisville. Louisville, by the way, 0-4 to start the season. And Arkansas got after him last night, big-time thumping. So those two teams advance in the uh, Maui Invitational, 80-54, the final of that Arkansas game. How much do you think the uh, airfare for that Texas Tech team and coaching staff and every all the staff how much that set back the Maui Invitational and Texas Tech you think 
has to be like you think they'll recover by this time next year. <laughs> it's an excellent question you ask because <laughs> I don't know if they flew charter out there or not. I probably not. I, I the only um the only uh you know, we went out to Hawaii twice the year of the Final Four. They went out there and played in the Pearl Harbor Classic when they beat Villanova. And then they went back a couple of weeks later and played in, I, I don't remember the name of the tournament, but it's the one that's on, it's in Honolulu. Uh, is that the Diamond Head? That's it, yeah. yeah. Diamond Head Classic. And both times, OU and every other team in that tournament flew commercial. Um, You know, just, uh, I don't remember if it was American Airlines or United or what it was, but we were just on a commercial flight with everybody else and i would imagine due to the expense of it uh gold denmark uh now we might have an have we got another offsides yeah uh, that's this guy over there the the guy with the flag is just ruining everybody's fun today Drake. so i would imagine that you fly commercial to maui but i don't know that for sure if you do i'm guessing that the tournament puts a cap on what that total is you know you 30 people or whatever i'm guessing like for a basketball team you've got with with the 12 to 15 players you know the coaching staff the trainer uh support personnel radio crew all that maybe 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 35 I'm guessing they put a cap on how many people you can bring. Well, Texas Tech is way over that. Way over that. So that is an interesting question you bring up. I wonder if they had to make some choices of, like, who to leave behind or if they did somehow get a charter flight. That's The problem with a charter flight is if you charter in the United States, then, like, for example... Uh, where did we just go? Uh, uh, Morgantown. The football team chartered a flight to Morgantown. Now, while we, you know, played the football game, we get off the plane at, uh, what was it, like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday, and then back on it at 6 o'clock on Saturday, they went and did another charter in between that time. Like, they left, the plane left, went and took another team to another place, came back and picked up OU. Like, they don't just sit there. It, it, it costs money for them to just sit there. You know what I mean, Drake? Like, they'll – this flight that's going to take the OU basketball team to Orlando today is not just going to sit there and wait for them to be done playing. It's going to go do other charters all over the place. When you do – when you take a team to Hawaii – that's not an option. The, the plane can't just sit there. It's not going to just sit there and wait on you. That's exorbitantly expensive. They want to be flying every day, taking somebody everywhere. So you pretty much, I think, have to fly commercial out there as a college team anyway. But anyway, that's way too long of an answer for the silly question you asked. But it is. it did make me think. I might have to hit up Haxton and ask how many assistant coaches or members of the – they're not assistant coaches, but how many members of the support staff had to stay behind for the Maui Classic? 
It's pretty funny. I'll text him right now, Drake. What time is it in Hawaii right now? Uh, it's like three fifteen there. Yeah, all right. He'll probably want to fist fight you. Uh, you text him this early, probably Hawaiian yeah. time. But you know, we'll be back. The Ref Network Studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. Final hour of the Tiro of the Morning Show. A1 and McGriddle with you today. And all week, uh, just as far as the schedule for this week, we will be off with uh, local programming on Thanksgiving Day. Why do you need off? You've already had Thanksgiving. No, I've had Friendsgiving. We've established these are two different things. These are two different things. You've things. already had it. Yeah. No, this, that was Friendsgiving. Mm. Sorry, I enjoy Thanksgiving so much more that I can uh, spread it amongst three different days, mm. okay. unlike you. Interesting. Yeah. Anti-American stance by you. Don't even like Thanksgiving, apparently. I love Thanksgiving. Uh huh. On apparently not enough. I love it. Apparently on not enough. Thanksgiving. You are not thankful enough to celebrate it on three different occasions, like me. That's all I'm saying. No, so, are you serious about this third occasion? Well, I told you yesterday. I already had the friendsgiving. I've yes. got Wednesday oh, the night two, with yeah, 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 yeah. the divorced parents yeah, two Thanksgivings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up a sore subject yeah. again. Yeah. I forgot. Uh-huh. Yes. Which of the parents has the better Thanksgiving? Be honest with me. Um, they're different. So no, that's um, not an answer. No, it is a. It's a very PC answer, isn't it? <laughs> um, if I have to choose, where will you get better food? Um, well, if I have to choose, it's going to be my mom's. So, because hmm. I will be in a lot of trouble if I don't pick my mom's. So. Okay, so it might no, not be true, my, but you're my mom, saying it. To keep my mom happy. is an excellent cook, though. Uh, she does a fantastic uh, dressing. She makes uh, homemade yeast rolls. She does noodles, uh, kind of in like a noodle chicken mm. kind of gravy, so to speak. Yeah, um, we'll have turkey, of course. Um, yeah, so we'll have full spread. It'll be good, and then. I haven't really heard what the fare is going to be with my dad, but usually it's going to be dressing the uh, usual stuff, mashed potatoes, gravy, turkey. The traditional Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 So right. it they're, they're similar, but yet different energy-wise because my parents are, while they have their glaring similarities that did lead to them. <laughs> Not being together anymore. Uh, they also you, know, you don't have to go into that. Yeah, they also uh, have very different approaches when it comes to the holidays. Uh, Wait, go ahead, expound on that. What do you mean by that? Um, it's just low, low key versus all in. Yes. Okay. My mom, mom is mom is all in. Mom is all in, mm-hmm. and my dad puts a considerable amount of effort along with my uh, stepmom, Dana into thanksgiving but uh it is uh, nothing like the frenetic energy that my mom can be yeah. with thanksgiving so okay you know I how moms you. can be so does mom hate dana uh no 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 mom dana. mom loves dana <laughs> uh okay. they're uh, they're I've overstepped my bounds yeah, yeah, i've overstepped yeah, yeah, my yeah. bounds yeah yeah they're back off there's some exes that uh mom did not necessarily get along with but uh oh, there's dana, more than one. dana's okay like, yeah, yeah, yeah all right yeah, this this yeah 
right, lot, we'll lot of, there. lot of water, water under that bridge. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, tell you who is Dana. is very PC when it comes to Thanksgiving in general. That's the people at RK Black. They've been in business huh. over 70 years now, and they've been serving the Oklahoma and Kansas areas for all of the office technology solutions that help make your business grow and make it more efficient. Give them a call at 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. Um, we do need to get to the phone lines here in a second, but you want to check out the text line real quick, T-Row? Who's on phone line? Uh, you've got Kent there. Oh, okay. Yeah, give me a couple of texts and we'll go to Kent. Uh, <laughs> somebody uh, trolling me. When does uh, USA play again? Wants another update on that because he only said it twice in the mm-hmm. 7 o'clock hour. That's right. Back to back. Uh, I watched back and watched the I'm disappointed in you. I'm not going to lie. I'm disappointed. You wore the Land of Donovan shirt and everything, and Uh I thought, look at this guy. He's all in. And then he's like, you know what? I'll catch up with the game if I have time eventually when I get everything else in the world done. That's right. That's disappointing. You know whose fault it is? It's TJ's fault. I hope this doesn't get to uh, Pulisic and the boys in Qatar because they would be disheartened It'll devastate morale. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wa- I went back and watched the in the booth from Saturday's game and noticed something. Toby was the only one not wearing a hood. Seems like T-Row is the toughest of the crew. That's from Camo Sooner. Uh, no question about it. T-Row's definitely the toughest on the crew. Uh, no, that's not true at all. I did, in the <laughs> second half, we did go hoods up for a while. When uh, yeah, the it, it was like very short fifth lived. consecutive three and out, we, we tried to tap into the hoods up energy of the Baylor comeback a couple of years ago 19, and it didn't, yeah. it didn't work when the offense still could not get a first down. So, no. but mm, it wasn't that cold. Like it was cold. Don't get me wrong. And in the second in the half, booth, yeah. in the second half, it definitely got cold, but it wasn't unbearable. It was relatively, it was relatively fine. So, Teddy wears his hood up a lot. Like even when it's, even when it's not that cold, you know, he he's a big hoods up guy. Yeah, it can be fifty five outside, and Ted's putting his hood on. That's mostly because he wants to conceal his identity because he does the new, not want uh, Amy to stop him in public. The younger generation loves loves putting their hoods up. Have you noticed that? They they my kids will walk around the house with their mm-hmm. hoods up and stuff. It's you know we, we got it climate controlled in this place. It's seventy degrees in here, and they're walking around with their hoods on. Well, I don't know what it is about the younger. You see the guys out there warming up for basketball. Some Kids of them have these their hoods days. up over there. Where, I don't know where are the hoods around hoods. everywhere? They, they love them. They love them. Yeah. Uh, Wait, Stats Kelly does not fall into that generation. He was just trying to find the right combination of hat wear yeah. to bring us good luck. Mm-hmm. All right, we better get Kent in here. I've rambled on here. Yeah, absolutely. Kent, good morning. Welcome to the show. Go ahead, Kent. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. That's okay. Hey, just a couple quick comments on the OU game last Saturday. Uh, of course, happy with the win, uh, the way the season's gone. I think you got to be thankful for any victories you can get. Take them any way you can. Thought the defense played great. Uh, always great to beat your in-state rival. And uh, hats off to the OU fans for not sticking a dagger in a Mike Gundy's heart by chanting SEC, SEC at the end of the game. So, uh, <laughs> As much as it would have been fun to do, I'm glad we did. That would have been didn't. funny. That would have been funny. Now, I do want to – my one little gripe, and it's probably universal with everybody, is, you know, the clock management. 
Sure. Yeah, first I thought, well, maybe they think our best chance to keep the ball away from OSU is just to continue to run our offense at the pace we normally run it, and we're going to have success. But that's not really what it sounded like Brent Venables thought after the game. And, you know, when you're watching the game, you're just wondering if the announcers are noticing it and the fans are noticing it, how come the two guys running the ship didn't notice it at that time? I mean, or do you think it was just a deal where they just felt like, hey, we're just going to run what we run and hope for the best? I think you. I think that's exactly what they were. I, I think they were, you know, at that point, it had been nine or ten consecutive drives without points, most of those three and outs. And while I think it's a mistake, you know, at, at that point in the game, you got a two-score lead, you need to take every second on the play clock that you can with every snap. But I do think probably the thought process was let's get back to what we were doing in the first quarter that was working for us because we need to possess the ball here a little bit. We need some first right, downs. Right. We need – I understand we need to eat the clock, but we need some first downs. We need to drive. we got to get momentum going again. So let's get back to what was working for us and tried to crank it up a little faster than they should have. So everybody involved has admitted it was a mistake. They won't do it again next time. It didn't work. That's the danger you run is if you do that and it doesn't work, then you open yourself up for tremendous criticism, and they have. Uh, right. Fortunately, they got away with it because the defense played as well as it did. I guess it's kind of like a team that's real methodical and known for just running the ball and playing slow. Uh, how many times have you heard this team isn't designed to come from behind because they don't want to hurry it? And then they're pushed into it, and they look really bad doing it. So maybe they're just not real efficient at it yet, but uh, I would like to see them pick and choose a little, maybe like on a third one instead of springing up the line, snapping the ball, and maybe kind of set their feet a bit, figure out what's going on, get their assignment, then run it. But uh, those guys know a lot more than, than myself and most of the fans. But hopefully uh, moving forward, if there won't be any clock management issues if we get in that situation again. Hey, uh, you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Kent. Happy Thanksgiving, bud. Thanks for listening to the show. All right, uh, Drake, hit me with one or two more texts, and then we'll go to break. I guess it'd help if I uh, make it to where everybody can hear me, not just you. Uh, from the 580 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Lane Kiffin to Texas A&M, question mark? I mean, the, the buyout for Jimbo is like a quarter of a billion dollars, so yeah. I don't know how they're going to do that. Oh, you know that. They just got all that That's cash true. in Texas A&M. That's they can true. just they cut a check. That's right. That texture was wrong. 16 was Stoops' last year. Uh, 18 was the He's Mike. talking about Mike. Revenue. Yeah. He's talking about Mike Stoops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Mike Stoops. Um, okay, a couple more here. Colin Brokenbow. Javon Sneed. It's pronounced Jevin, like Kevin. You yeah, doofus? That's right. It is Jevin Sneed. Huh. Did he call you a doofus? Yeah. Wow. Hey, whoever you are, back off my man, all right? Yeah. I could pick on him. You can't. Hey, Toby. Mm -hmm. Is there any way I can purchase a signed copy of Unhitch the Wagon? My wife said that she wants one for her classroom. She is an educator and more. Oh, not a teacher, but an educator. I don't like the snide. Uh, tone that you just took there, Drake. It, she just is a very fancy educator, not a teacher. 
Drake, ask, please respond to that if you would and yeah. ask them for an email address. Yeah. And I will reach out. Yeah. And we can make that happen. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Break time. 405-651-3439. If you want to sneak a text in, it's 835 on Tuesday morning here on the T-Row in the Morning Show. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. Coming down the stretch of a Tuesday show, tomorrow morning I will be live uh, Palm Coast, Florida, Drake. At uh, Papa Ron's house, Papa Ron and Granny B hosting the T-Row in the morning show tomorrow. I'm told they're very excited and uh, could even be some crowds gathering for the show tomorrow. They may be telling the uh, community around there that uh, there's going to be a live radio show, so we might have to set up bleachers. Del Boca Vista is going to be lit tomorrow is what you're telling me, huh? That's exactly right. They're going to be rolling up in the Cadillacs tomorrow and... uh, It'll be fun. And then no show Thursday. Friday morning, we will be in Orlando with the men's basketball team. Uh, so this is the last show here from the ranch in Piedmont this week. Sooners in Texas Tech coming up Saturday night in Lubbock. Here's what defensive coordinator Ted Roof said about the Red Raiders. Yeah, they're, 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 you're right. I think they're 5-1 and one at home. They've scored at least 33 points in every home game. Uh so they they've got a certain comfort level playing at home, and uh, you know it's a it's a challenge because they spread it all over the lot and throw it all over the lot, and then uh, they've got a, they've got a solid running game that uh, that creates explosive plays. So and a multi quarterback system. So uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot of elements to this offense that uh, that we've got to prepare for and do a great job. Make sure we're buttoned up and ready to go. Texas Tech Drake wildly erratic. Beat West Virginia by 38, then lost to Baylor by 28. Lost at TCU in a game they could have won. Beat Kansas, not much, scored 43 against Kansas, 14 last week against Iowa State. They've been all over the map. But they have, as Ted Roof said there, been unquestionably better at home. Home games, beat Murray State, beat Houston beat Texas in overtime, beat West Virginia, beat Kansas. The only loss at home was that Baylor game, and they got trounced in that one. So you got a wildly erratic Texas Tech team and an inconsistent Oklahoma team. Drake, so tell me, what's going to happen in this football game? Well, uh, I mean, you set that up, T-Row. I mean, how can I possibly know what's going to happen? Should be easy to figure out, Drake. Just tell me what's going to happen here. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what's going to happen. On Friday, whenever you check in for the uh, TJ's gut, which will, of course, again be this week, Drake's take. Are we not getting a TJ's gut? Now, now last year, uh, he sent us something from Mexico. Yeah, I... I mean, I'm not counting on it, but if he does, then uh-huh. excellent. I bet we get his. I bet we get the chairman's picks this week. Either way, uh, yeah. TJ's got whether it's TJ's got or Drake's take. It'll be brought to you by Champion Home Loans on Friday. So, how'd you do on Drake's take uh, a couple of weeks ago? Um, what was that? West Virginia, not yeah. great. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I didn't think so. Not great. How- 
How about this stat? Texas Tech has gone for it on fourth down 45 times this year. Now, they do not have a very good success rate. A lot of of times, most times, when teams go for it on fourth down, most teams have a high success rate on fourth downs. You know, 65, 70%, somewhere in that range. Because you don't go for it on fourth down unless it's fourth and short most of the time. Now, this is a fourth and two, fourth and one, fourth and inches. We'll roll the dice and go for it here. So the success rates are usually a high percentage. Uh, Texas Tech's only 27 of 45. That's not a great percentage, but point is they go for it a ton. Joey McGuire is a gambler. And they love that about him out in Red Raider land. Here's one interesting side note that I'm sure my man Plank will be all over on Saturday. It is also the return Saturday of Matt Wells to Lubbock. Matt Wells, the former Texas Tech head coach, now an analyst for Oklahoma, who has been very involved with Brent Venables this year. Going to be back where they gave him the old heave-ho not too long ago. So I don't know what factor that has in the game or not, but it is an interesting sub-story to this contest. Yeah, I don't know how anybody, Drake, uh, could even put any kind of a, of a solid prediction into what's going to happen. Uh, I think everything's on the table. Um, both teams have reached bowl eligibility, so that carrot is no longer dangling out there. Uh, both teams played really well defensively last week. Both teams struggled mightily offensively last week. So we're probably, by nature of how, uh, by virtue of how college football usually goes, that probably means we're headed for another shootout. We will talk all week about how this will be a low-scoring game with two struggling offenses, and we're probably headed for 66-59. What a perfect way for the... This emotional roller coaster that it's been just for Teddy Lehman in particular no. to end. <laughs> no, 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 we need <laughs> we need a, we need a, for for, for uh, all of our sakes for Teddy's health we uh, need another good defensive performance right. Saturday. If, if they could end the season with back to back, well, really three in a row, really good defensive performances, other than the fourth quarter in West Virginia, which is a big deal. But they played well in West Virginia. They played great against Oklahoma State. If they could put another one of those on the board, not only for Teddy's health and our and but I think it would make the whole fan base feel like, all right, uh, Brent's got this. He's got his hands around this thing now, and it's headed in the right direction, defensively especially. So, yeah, I, I really, really hope they can go play well again on Saturday, Def- defensively especially. Eight forty-six break time. We'll be back. It's the Plank Show with Chris Plank and Josh Helmer. Weekdays from 9 a.m. till noon on your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. I can't tell you how much I love this being this uh, intro to the final segment, Drake. Nice job by you. We bring in the closer now, Chris Plank. It's the crossover brought to you by the Cleveland County family, YMCA. Good morning, Plank. 
What's up, T-Row? How are you today, man? I'm good. I'm in a good mood today, Plank. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm ready for uh, I'm ready for Thanksgiving. I'm ready for Lubbock. I'm, uh, I'm fired up. It's a fun week. I've always, like you mentioned, I, there's that interesting storyline that probably resonates a little bit more with me because, I mean, I just, I really felt like Texas Tech did Matt Wells really, really dirty, and uh, and and I'm pumped for him to get back and, and and bring this team there, and you know his receivers that you know need to be a little better, but more than anything, this this team to see if they can carry over the momentum. So, yeah, I'm getting pumped, man. Uh, final week of the regular season, crazy to see we're here. I wonder if um, if there's any chance they would let us get a a quick soundbite with Matt Wells. I wonder if they would dare. I wonder if they would. Yeah. But I, I would say this. I, this is just this is my own opinion. This is has I haven't talked to anyone, but I would think that Matt obviously and Coach Coach Wells would be all class about it, right? Oh, I don't sure. think we'd get. Yeah, he and, may and he I may actually that, not want to talk. He might actually say, you know what, I don't want to be a story. Exactly, and I don't think he wants to be. I think that. You know, it, in the end, it would be one of those like, oh, hey, that's Coach Wells over there instead of Matt Wells back with Brent Venables and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and I know that he, he you know, even though he got fired, Matt, I think there's a lot of pride in kind of putting together the foundation, right? You're, you're talking about just about every guy on this team, right, was recruited by his staff. A handful of portal transfer guys, but for the most part, you know, the, the, the freshman QB, the Donovan, the, the Donovan Smiths of the world, the Tyler Shucks of the world, uh, what's Tyree, what's the kid's name that just got hurt, the, the edge rusher that they've got, a, a guy that Matt Tyree Wilson, I think. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tyree Wilson. So I, I think there's a lot of pride in what they were able to do, uh, maybe even a desire that they could have got another year. I think Joe McGuire is going to do really good things there. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. He probably wouldn't want to be a story. And – uh, I know, too, for, for Matt, there was a sense of uh, not necessarily accomplishment, but all of his guys on that staff found jobs. So, you know, he felt terrible felt terrible about not getting the chance and being let go. But, you know, every single guy on that staff moved on and got jobs, including two guys that got head coaches' jobs, and Sonny Cumbie at Louisiana Tech and Keith Patterson is an Abilene Christian right now. So, uh, yeah, there's. It's a it's a really neat little storyline heading into this weekend, isn't it? It's the, this is something that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, no, you're right. Hey, he's been a, um, you know, I don't know Matt really well. We've talked a couple of times just um, at practices this year, but you know him really well. It seems like having him around this year has been really great for this coaching staff. Like he's no, I, been I able so to too. be a yeah. be a support in a variety of different ways for everybody. I mean, he's he's stepped up and is helping with Ladamian Washington and wide receivers. You know, there was, I, and again, this is just things that I, I I glom from you know following and heading into the season. I don't know if there was true clarity about where he would be on game day heading into the season, and then obviously with that need, like was he going to be up in the booth and maybe be a guy that kind of helps and and all right, hey, listen, you got two timeouts here. Think about one with a minute thirty. You know that that type of mindset that NFL coaches have. But when, when duty called and it's, hey, we need another voice down here on the sidelines, boom, Matt Wells became that guy. And, and I think he's done a really nice job in, in, in obviously being a motivator for players, helping them out with things they need to improve. But also, I'm, I'm willing to bet 
that if Brent Venables had any questions, right, if it went to, hey, how's this Big 12 media day thing go, right? <laughs> That's something that Brent Venables has never had to do before. Or, you know, what, what's, what's this, you know, all, all this, these media events I have to be a part of? I think, I think Matt, I think Coach Wells has been a really good sounding board and has been, been really good for him as well. Uh, rules, too, all the, all the little rules you don't think about uh, whenever you're a, a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator, a position coach. He's, I think he's been to, and I hate to use this comparison because it triggers some people, but I think he's been good for BV in the way that uh, I'm sure Ruffin McNeil was for, for Lincoln Riley in, in his early years. You know, Bob had several guys, Coach Stoops had several guys that he leaned on on that staff. So, yeah, it's been really good. You know, it's been really good to see how that has meshed in. And, is, and, and he's been a big influence, I think, on a lot of these guys. He's, he's been good for them. Uh, what's Thanksgiving looking like for you? Are you home? Are you traveling to Tulsa or anything? Or traveling to Tulsa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're leaving Wednesday, Wednesday morning, heading to our excuse me Thursday morning, heading to Tulsa. And my son's in town, so he oh he really tonight to, to travel back. Yeah, so uh, we're going to spend some time with with him. And he's already made it very clear, T. Row. This was something I wasn't prepared for, but he's already made it very clear to me that listen, I've you know, I've got some stuff with my friends I want to do. So you guys need to make sure to keep that in mind. And I'm like. <laughs> What are you talking about? Keep that Just warning you in advance. I got another uh, life, Dad. I'm going to need to see right. some friends while I'm here. Yeah, exactly. I'm 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 18, going on 19 here in a couple of months, and I don't have time for your second Thanksgiving where we sit around and play board games. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Hey, uh, have a great show today, Plank. Toby, have a great trip today, man. I hope you have a blast. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I'm headed to Orlando. I'll be with you tomorrow from uh, the greater Orlando area with the OU men's basketball team. Thanks to you fine folks for uh, calling in, listening to the show today. We will have Chris Level on with us live tomorrow, sideline reporter for Texas Tech. That'll do it for us today. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. It's the Plank Show with Chris Plank and Josh Helmer. Weekdays from 9 a.m. till noon on your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.